0: Dedicated to the survival of American democracy in an increasingly dangerous world, this is Secure Freedom Radio with Frank Gaffney, acted as Assistant Secretary of Defense for International Security Policy under President Ronald Reagan, founder of the Center for Security Policy in Washington, D.C., the go-to man for defense and foreign policy issues, joined by the greatest minds in the security policy business, the special forces in the war of ideas at Secure Freedom
1: Radio. Radio with Frank Gaffney. Welcome to Secure Freedom Radio. This is Frank Gaffney, your host and guide for what I think of as an intelligence briefing on the war for the free world. Over the years, I have been tremendously impressed by and learned much from the native intelligence of our first guest. His name is Ambassador Yoram Ettinger. He has served his country, Israel, with great distinction, among other places, uh, here in its embassy in Washington, where he was responsible for congressional relations for quite some time. Also, as uh, uh, the director of the consulate in Houston, Texas, which accounts for his very enthusiastic embrace of uh, the culture of Texas, including cowboy boots, uh, and I believe a cowboy hat on occasion. It's always great to see him in That regalia. It's always great to have him on our program as well, especially at a moment when there is a lot going on in the Middle East, much of it very troubling, especially for those of us who are concerned not only about our own country's interests there, but also those of the Jewish state. Mr. Ambassador, it's wonderful to have you back with us, sir, on Secure Freedom Radio. Thank you for taking a few minutes to join us.
0: You. It's, uh, it's my privilege to be with you again. Thank you. Let me ask you
1: first, sir, if I can. The Biden administration, I'm uh, persuaded, has engaged in a wrecking operation pretty much across the board since it came to office. There are a few places, I think, where that is more in evidence than with respect to the U.S. relationship with Israel. When you look back to the end of the Trump administration, the status of our ties with Israel, the state of Israeli security, for that matter, in that difficult part of the world that uh, you all reside in, it's hard to believe how much things have been transformed in this short a time. Would you agree with that observation that, um, whether it's with respect to Iran or the relationships with the um, uh Abraham Accord nations, whether it's uh, our relationship more generally with friendly Gulf states, relatively friendly Gulf states, um, and, of course, what's happening in, uh, in Syria and uh, the uh, Palestinian areas. Things look a lot more bleak than they did 15 months ago. Your thoughts?
0: Well, uh, in, in my mind, U.S.-Israel relations are primarily impacted by uh, the global posture of the US or by the posture of deterrence of the uh, US, which has been eroded dramatically uh, since uh, January uh, uh, 2021. And uh, that posture of deterrence uh, does determine the homeland security, the national security, not only of the U.S., but of each one of its uh, allies. Uh, since uh, the beginning of not only or not primarily Biden era, but the era of uh, Secretary of State Tony Blinken, who in my mind calls the shots in the area of foreign policy and national security, uh, since uh, entering uh, office, Uh, Secretary Blinken has emphasized uh, diplomacy uh, over uh, military and uh, he has emphasized uh, future assessment of uh, conduct of uh, America's enemies over uh, past track record of uh, America's enemies and rivals and in that respect He has sacrificed, in many respects, uh, reality uh, on the altar of uh, wishful thinking of uh, oversimplifications. And we have seen that primarily with uh, Iran. Uh, The the attempts by the administration currently is to portray Iran as a, a good faith negotiator as a a regime country which uh, is amenable to peaceful coexistence, and that clashes with the reality of the ayatollahs of Iran. By the way, in an identical manner uh, to the uh, reality of 1979, January, February '79, when the Ayatollahs took over control of Iran, and at that time, President Jimmy Carter and his uh, team—National Security Brzezinski, Secretary of State uh, Vance, uh, the Ambassador to Tehran William uh, Sullivan—they all expected Ayatollah Khomeini to uh, enter. Uh, Tehran when he came back from his exile in Paris, and uh, administer uh, Iran in a moderate uh, manner and to be pretty convenient for Americans. And uh, uh, President uh, Jimmy Carter uh, even told the global leaders in, it was about, uh, ten days before uh, the return of Ayatollah Khomeini to Tehran when he took over control of Iran, uh, President Carter told to, uh, told other global leaders that he expected Ayatollah Khomeini to be preoccupied with tractors, not with uh, tanks. Uh, the ambassador to Tehran, William Sullivan reported to Washington that he expected uh, Ayatollah Khomeini to behave like an Iranian uh, Gandhi. Uh, And uh, they all based their assessments on the very soothing, uh, verbal, uh, written messages uh, to Washington from Ayatollah Khomeini and his uh, uh, assistants. Uh, They failed. To study the worldview of the Ayatollahs, they failed to study the foundation of the ideology of the Ayatollahs, which have to do with a very, very radical Shiite Islam aiming to bring uh, the so called infidel West and primarily the great Satan USA to bring them to submission and, uh, equally speaking, to equally important, to uh, defeat the apostate, heretic uh, Sunni uh, Muslims, especially Saudi Arabia, uh, the UAE, and Bahrain. And today, uh, we have a very similar similar uh, management of policy, which is based much more on uh, speculative assessment of uh, future behavior by the Ayatollahs, rather than studying their very systematic track record since 1979 until today, which clashes with the assumption that they are amenable to peaceful coexistence or, or being a good faith negotiators.
1: Mr. Messer, that, that seems like ancient history, even though it's uh, a decade or two back. But at the present time, many of the same people who were responsible for the disastrous joint comprehensive plan of action, um, including uh, Blinken himself, I believe, have been brought back to government and seem to be desperately trying to breathe new life into either that accord or some other arrangement based on again hard experience um, not wishful thinking is there any prospect that the negotiations now underway in Geneva uh, in Vienna excuse me let alone the uh, you know concessions that seem to be flowing from them will result in something better than we saw just a few years ago
0: well uh, it seems to me that the writing uh, is on the on the wall uh, the us administration uh, expresses uh, eagerness uh, to rejoin the jcpoa to sign an agreement with the uh, ayatollah's regime uh, of uh, of iran and uh, as we know from any set of negotiation when you display eagerness you're going to lose the uh the confrontation or the negotiation uh, moreover moreover uh, we have here a great deal of uh, wishful uh, thinking assuming that the ayatollahs are going to depart from their ethos from their vision from their very deep attachment to a 14 year old, a 14 year old uh, uh, idea of a uh, Shiite over the Persian Gulf, the Middle East, and the entire uh, globe. Uh, the idea that they are going to depart from the most fundamental elements of their uh, worldview, of their uh, vision, of their policy. Uh, in return for a generous uh, diplomatic and financial uh, package uh, is anything but uh, realism. And uh, certainly, when at the time when you deal with a rogue regime and you make it very clear and publicly uh, so that you are waiving the military option and you're waiving the option of regime uh, change, uh, you thereby provide a further tailwind to the rogue regime in uh, in Tehran uh, so in um, personally speaking i wouldn't be shocked if there is an agreement uh, but that agreement uh, uh, is going to play uh into the hands uh, into the rogue hands of the of the ayatollahs uh, the only way the only way to uh, change the policy out coming out of Tehran is changing the regime ruling uh, Tehran, and by the way, it has to start from uh, the domestic uh, scene. Here we have Americans and Westerners dealing with the Ayatollah's regime in Vienna on uh, nuclear and maybe even ballistic uh, issues, but they totally, totally ignore the hate education inside, which is the uh, production line of uh, soldiers of the Islamic uh, Revolution. Uh, How how can you deal with a regime which brainwashes its uh, people to uh, overcome the uh, infidel West, to submit the infidel West to Shiite Islam? And you ignore that education for the sake of a piece of paper which may or may not come out of uh, Vienna. Uh, Sadly, the ayatollahs are aware of uh, that, and therefore they are interested in perpetuating that uh, process. The longer the process of negotiation uh, lasts, the closer they will be to uh, nuclear capabilities, and to uh, predominant position in the Middle East and uh, beyond. And by the way, today, they are already well entrenched in South America, in Central America, and pretty visible already very close to the U.S.-Mexico border.
1: Very troubling. Uh, One other place, of course, where the Iranians are very much in evidence is in Syria. And I'm interested in what seems to be a ratcheting up of the danger to Israel from that quarter and its efforts to contend with both the Iranian threat and the seeming increasing willingness of the Russians uh, at the very moment that they're uh, trying to uh, get everyone focused on Ukraine They're simultaneously, apparently, uh, bringing intensified pressure to bear against Israel in Syria. Can you comment on what um, most especially the Iranians are up to there, sir, but also the Russians who sometime align with them?
0: Well, absolutely. I think that uh, so far, I don't know what will happen tomorrow, but so far, uh, the only place where the Iranians are challenged effectively and in a military fashion uh, is uh, in Syria, where Israel has constrained their maneuverability uh, to a great, uh, a great in, a, in a great deal. Uh, in fact, uh, Israel has uh, bombed uh, Iranian uh, targets inside uh, Syria, has slowed down the Iranian penetration of uh, of Syria, uh, which is very important for Syria because uh, uh, that's their venue to reaching the Mediterranean. At the same time, obviously, uh, Russia has its own interest in Syria. They've been there at least since the early 1970s. They have a well-established uh, foothold uh, in the Port uh, of uh, of Syria. Uh, however, however, uh, at this stage, uh, they uh, are dealing; they are negotiating with uh, Israel as well uh, for two reasons. Uh, first of all, uh, the Russians. Uh, as much as they encourage Iran to challenge the u s they are concerned about iran 's activities in Central Asia, which is in a way the soft belly soft underbelly of uh, russia and uh, and therefore uh, they consider the Israeli operation against uh, Iran to a degree to a degree as supplementing uh, russian's own Uh, strategic interest in the in the region Uh, beyond that uh, the Russians are not blind to Israel's uh, challenge of Iran uh, through uh, spying cyber technologies uh, bombing uh, both uh, in Iran itself as well as in uh, in Syria and uh, and they respect they respect that show of force by uh, by Israel uh, as much as the Russians sometimes want to agitate uh, they simply certainly uh, don't want uh, an explosion they want they don't want a big bang in the in the middle East and they view a strong uh, israel militarily assertive uh, Israel as uh, uh, an asset uh, in that uh, in that regard. To sum it up, uh, there is a certain uh, clash between uh, uh, Russian interest and Israeli interest. But at the same time, there is also a common denominator uh, between the interest of Russia and Israel. And uh, most importantly, uh, the Russians' respect uh, force, Uh, Israel has displayed uh, forcefully its interest in uh, Syria. And that, uh, so far, so far, has made it possible for Israel and Russia to minimize any conflict between them.
1: As they say, from your lips to God's ears, Mr. Ambassador, I hope that what we're watching is, in fact, going to demonstrate that modus vivendi, if you will, as opposed to things continuing To spiral into more and more dangerous directions, uh, not least of them, of course, the fact that Israel may be condemned, I think it's not an inept way to describe it, to having to contend with the Iranian threat of uh, nuclear and and ballistic capabilities on its own. And uh, that's a very, very troubling prospect to uh, someone like myself and I think most of our audience who... Very strongly believes that it is in America's interest to see a secure and free and uh, sovereign Israel uh, able to operate in that region uh, going forward. Um, uh, Lastly, Mr. Ambassador, and again, our guest is uh, Yoram Ettinger, talk a little bit, if you would, about um, the presence of Iranian proxies on Israel's border armed. To the teeth, uh, specifically Hamas and Hezbollah, uh, respectively, in Gaza and southern Lebanon?
0: Well, uh, I've always uh, professed uh, preemption rather than reaction. Uh, I have been very concerned about uh, Israel uh, limiting itself to uh, reaction to uh, Iran's proxies, bombing of Israeli uh, target uh, from my perspective, it makes much more sense to preempt and hit uh, them before they uh, hit uh, they target and hit uh, Tel Aviv and uh, Jerusalem as they did only a few months ago in uh, may of uh, 2021. Uh, uh, 20, uh, uh, but the presence of uh, Iranian proxies uh, on Israel's border uh, should also be studied by the USA because currently we have uh, Iran and its number one proxy, Hezbollah, uh, very, very much uh, entrenched. Uh, south of the border of uh, the u.s namely in mexico in central america in south uh, america in fact uh, iran especially and hezbollah operate training camps in south america for terrorists Uh, iran has introduced recently uh, has shared recently its own know-how and uh, systems of building tunnels uh, with the aim of building uh, tunnels uh, from mexico to um, USA, just like the tunnels which Iran assisted building between Sinai and Gaza, whereby they smuggle military systems, tunnels between Gaza and Israel, where they attempt to smuggle in terrorists, and similar tunnels between Lebanon and Israel, Syria and, uh, and Israel. I think it's uh, time for the U.S. to uh, observe that and study that phenomena in uh, the southern and northern border of Israel in order to be better prepared and better hopefully preempt a repeat of such activities on the U.S.-Mexico border.
1: Mr. Ambassador, a very important cautionary tale of what happens if you neglect these sorts of developments. Um, Israel is not neglecting them. We certainly are. But um, in both cases, I'm afraid you're absolutely right. The situation is fraught and we best be mindful of it here as well as there. I so appreciate your time, Uh, Ambassador Joram Edinger. It's always important to talk with you, if not necessarily cheery, but it's really vital that we keep our eye on the ball, uh, both in the Middle East and closer to home, if we are to avoid uh, the sorts of dangers that are, I believe, very much uh, on the rise worldwide. We look forward to our further visits with you, sir. In the meantime, I hope you'll stay well and Keep up your important work at the Ettinger Report. God bless you. Next up, we'll speak with Andrew Bremberg, uh, the ambassador who is the president and CEO of Victims of Communism Memorial Foundation, about a new document describing corporate treachery in support of the Chinese Communist Party. Visit us at facebook.com
0: slash Freedom with Frank Gaffney.
1: This is Frank Affney with the Secure Freedom Minute. A revered friend of mine has just survived the latest of myriad surgeries as part of many months of desperate attempts to save his life. To protect his privacy, let's call him Tim. Tim is one of the most brilliant national security practitioners of his generation. He's a distinguished veteran of combat overseas and the bureaucratic wars in Washington. Tim's experience mirrors what's been happening to the country he loves so deeply and has served so well. Like America, he's been wracked by disease debilitating hardships, and skyrocketing costs. Also like the USA, Tim is tenaciously fighting to survive the forces of darkness working to take him down. His heroic courage is an inspiration to those of us who love him, and a hopeful sign that our nation will pull through, too. Please join me in praying for Tim, and for America. This is Frank Gaffney.